what's up everybody welcome back to alpha and omega exponent your favorite platform where we share story time content to add value to your life my name is parfait and i am back we are on day three guys today is day three and guess what we are going to go over the gospel according to john chapter three for the past two days we've looked at some interesting messages and stories and lessons but now it's time to go on even deeper in chapter 3. And if you have read this gospel, it is in this chapter where one of the most quoted verse of the Bible is found. We'll go through it together. We get to learn, we'll get to grow, and we get to take some practical lessons with us so that we can live a practical life that honors God. So without further ado, where you are, get comfortable, lend me your ears, pay attention, and let's get started. <laughs> So in the beginning of chapter 3, there is a very great story that portrays the encounter of a man named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews. He was also a teacher of his time. And he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. So when he encountered Jesus Christ, he came to him and he said, he called him, he said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So Nicodemus is recognizing the power that God has given to Christ. And he said these things to Jesus. And Jesus replied to Nicodemus and he said to him, Truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now Nicodemus was confused and Nicodemus started really to think and he was like, okay, Jesus, you're telling me unless someone is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. I'm already born. I am a grown adult. What are you talking about? So now Nicodemus had some questions. Jesus said to him again, he said, truly I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, Nicodemus was like, whoa, now Jesus, slow down. You are blowing my mind here and you need to give me more explanation because I'm confused. And Nicodemus was thinking in the flesh because Jesus was telling him and he was speaking in parable. But Nicodemus was like, I'm already born. I'm an adult. I'm a grown man. I'm a teacher. I'm a ruler. What are you talking about? What do you mean I have to be born again to enter the kingdom of God? And Jesus said to him, after Nicodemus asked him the question, how can these things be? Jesus answered and he said, are you the teacher of Israel? Yet you do not understand these things. Oh, oh. Jesus called him out. Jesus said, how can you yourself be a teacher? Yet what I'm telling you, you do not understand. So there are some lessons here where it's like you can be a teacher, but you still need to learn. So just because you're a teacher doesn't mean that you know everything. And that's what kind of another nugget of the part of the story here. So after these things happened, then Jesus continued forth and he told Nicodemus and he said, if I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the son of man. So this is the first part of chapter three with this encounter 
of Jesus and the ruler of the Jews, Nicodemus. And Jesus told him that in order to enter the kingdom of God, you must be born again of the water and of the spirit. Now, as we move forward in the second part of the story, John, who's writing this gospel, gives us a great statement and revelation about the love of God for the world. And this is a powerful statement. This is one of the most quoted part of the Bible. And he says a powerful message. This is what he says. In verse 16, he says, For God so loved the word that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Going forth in verse 21, it says, Whoever does what is true comes to the light. Wow, what a beautiful revelation about the love of God for our life. Later on, we'll dive deeper to take some lessons for our life about this powerful revelation and message. And the last part of chapter 3 is another encounter where we are being told the story of John the Baptist. Now, if you remember, from day one, we learned that John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. He was the voice in the wilderness crying out to prepare the way of the Lord. So now, in this part of the story, we're being told that John the Baptist, some of his disciples came to him with questions, asking him questions over purification and all these things. But John the Baptist said, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given from heaven. That was the answer that John gave them. And John recognized that everything that he had, it's given to him from heaven if it is doing things within the love and within the boundaries of God's command. And John the Baptist ended his message back to his disciple with a powerful statement. And he said, he must increase, but I must decrease. John the Baptist recognized that when Jesus comes into your life, he must increase and you must decrease. So now what are the lessons and practical messages that we can extract from this chapter in order for us to continue to grow and to live a practical life that honors God. The first lesson is rooted in the story in the beginning when Jesus had an encounter with Nicodemus. And it's really a question when Jesus revealed to Nicodemus that in order to enter the kingdom of God, you need to be born again of the water and of the spirit. So we pose ourselves the question, are you born again? Am I born again? What does it even mean to be born again? Jesus gave Nicodemus the explanation that you need to be born again of the word and of the spirit. John the Baptist, in day one, we saw that he was baptizing people for repentance with water. And Jesus Christ is the one who gave the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So to be born again is really to go through a journey of repentance and a journey of accepting Christ so that you can receive the Holy Spirit. And the repentance that we receive through baptism is powerful. And what does it mean to be born again? To be born again, it means that to be transformed by the renewal of your mind through repentance and baptism and through accepting Jesus Christ in your life so that he will 
bless and baptize you with the Holy Spirit. There is a complete transformation when someone is born again. And many people in your life can attest and can see that the moment you are born again, your life begins to change. You begin to live not for yourself, but for the glory of God, for the love of Christ that is placed in you. So what is the transformation that you experience? It's a transformation of your mind and of your spirit. When your mind is transformed, your thoughts are also transformed. When your spirit is transformed, your life is transformed. And when you experience this transformation by repenting and by accepting Christ, the next step is to begin to cultivate your faith in God and to also grow in your faith in the circle that you have around you. And surround yourself by people who are also born again so that together you create a strong unit to continue to live a life that honors God. So now here, this is also where we pause and we ask ourselves the question, are my friends born again? This also goes for the people who are in a relationship. Is the person that you're in a relationship with born again? Is the mind and the spirit of the people around me transformed to honor God? Or is it going in a direction that does not honor God? This is not an easy question to go through because, you know, as young people, we have different groups of friends. We have friends that we have fun with. We have friends that we hang out with. We have friends that are, you know, we can have clusters of friends. And so it's important to really analyze our life top to bottom to see within the cluster of friends that I have, are all of them helping me to be transformed, to live a life that honors God or not? If it's not, then we need to try harder to also even be the one who are helping our friends to also transform, to be to be born again, to contribute to the journey of growth of our friends and not to destroy their journey of growth. After going through this question, this does not give you the green light to say that, oh, if my friends are not born again, then I'm going to end all of my friendships. And if the person that I'm in a relationship with, if they're not born again, then I'm going to end the relationship. No, this is not what this part is about. This part is about giving you the awareness about the opportunity that you have to start to help your friends and to direct them in the direction of encountering Christ and of repenting. So if you realize that your friends and the people that you're in a relationship with are not born again, then that is a great opportunity for you to begin to help them to find that repentance and to begin to cultivate a relationship with Jesus Christ. This process may take a day, it may take a month, it may take years, but it's a lifetime transformation. So don't give up on it. Now, the next lesson is about the revelation that John gives us about the love of God for the world. And he gave us his only son so that we may believe in him and receive eternal life. And here, the first takeaway is that God is a loving God and he created us and everything that God created, he loved. And because God loved us, he gave us his most precious son, not just most precious, but also his only son. So now going back, first we learned that God is a loving God and he loved us because he created us. So the lesson here is really about loving what you create. When you create something that is good, you will love it. But if you create something that's very bad, or as I like to say, something that is garbage, 
or for some people, garbage. I'm sure all of us were not going to enjoy it. We're probably going to try to get rid of it. But when you create something that is beautiful, something that is good, you will love it and you will do everything to try to save it. And that's what God did for us. He gave us his only son so that he can save us because he created us and he loved us. So as young people, it's important for us to know that if you're going to create something, you need to make sure that you have the capacity that whatever you are creating is good so that you can love it. And if you make a mistake, it's important to also ask for the strength to be able to do whatever it takes so that you can save it. And that's what God did for us. So pray and ask for the capacity to love the things that you create. And if you're going to create, create something that is good, create something that is beautiful so that you can love it properly. So now this is also where we can pause ourselves the question of what are the things that you are currently creating and are you in love with the things that you are currently creating? So this we can look at the aspect of our life. We can look at our relationship. If you are in education, if you're in school right now and you're going through school, this is the process. You know, you are going through the process of learning. Are you learning to love the learning process? Love is also a learning process. Uh, in school right now, you can have a class project or you can be going through school right now. Is whatever you're doing, are you learning to love it? Because you're creating something that will give you a product in the end. And it's the same thing in our relationship. The relationship that you're currently in, whether it is romantic, whether it is with your friendships, the things that you're currently creating in those relationships, are you learning to love those things and are those things beautiful? Because if you're learning to create something that is beautiful, then your spirit and your mind will give itself fully to love those things properly. So if you're not learning to love the things that you're creating, then take a step back and analyze what you're creating. Are you creating something that is good and something that is beautiful? Because if it's not then that is where the problem lies. That is where you are having difficulties to also learn to love those things because whatever you're creating right now, it's not good and it's not beautiful. But it's also important to not lose sight of beauty in the process. Sometimes the beauty that we are looking for will come out in the end. So looking for beauty, we're not looking for beauty as we're creating, but we are learning to love so that in the end we will look at something beautiful and something that is good. And this is where sacrifice and responsibility comes in, right? When you love something, you will learn to sacrifice. When you love something, you will learn to take responsibility and to do whatever it takes to protect it, to care for it, and to allow it to grow. So if you are not able to love or to sacrifice yourself and to take responsibility about the things that you're creating, you're going to have a hard time loving those things. And if you are not ready to love the things that you're about to create, then don't put yourself in circumstances or situation that you know will direct you in a situation where you will be required to give love to the things that you create. So if you're not ready, for example, to be a parent, then don't be doing activities that you know will make you become a parent. Because when you're a parent, you're required to give love to your children. And everyone knows the activities that I'm talking about. So, and same thing with our life. You're not ready to be committed 
in a relationship or you're not ready to be committed in a work or to sacrifice something, then don't put yourself in the circumstance, in the situation, uh, in those things, because you will be required to give love while you are not ready to love. So the next lesson comes from the statement that John tells us where he says, whoever does what is true comes to the light. So the takeaway lesson for us as young people is that if you want to live a life that is lit with light that comes from God, then we need to do what is true, right? Doing what is true will shine a bright light in your life. It's easy to create lies. It's easy to uh, change stories. But when you walk on the path, on the journey of doing what is true, then that honors God. That is a practical way for God to shine his light through you. So this is where we pose ourselves the question of, are you doing truthful things in all areas of your life? Because if you are not, then you are inviting darkness to come upon those areas of your life. Doing what is true is the key to bringing light into our life. So the final lesson of this chapter comes from the statement that John the Baptist told the disciple where he said, he, Jesus Christ, must increase and I must decrease. In this statement, there's a question embedded. And the question is really, is Jesus Christ increasing in your life so that your foolishness can decrease? Because when Jesus Christ enters your life, you will begin to be transformed. All of the foolish things that you were doing in your life will begin to change. And it's a message that also talks to us about humility. Humility is really allowing Jesus Christ to increase in our life. When Jesus Christ increases in our life, then we begin to experience the transformation that was mentioned in the beginning about being born again. So the truth of great humility begins by allowing Jesus Christ to increase in our life and by taking all of our ego, all of our foolishness, and decrease those things to allow Christ to shine through us. That is really the message of the story today for us to continue to allow Christ to increase in our life, to believe in him so that we can receive eternal life and also learn to love the things that we are creating. So that is all for today. I pray and hope that the message of today adds value to your life. Make sure you share this with friends, family, to allow them to continue to add value to their life. We are on a journey. Make sure you strap up and follow us along. And I'll see you tomorrow. My name is Parfait and take care.